Hi, this is Adina, and you're listening to the Wealth Rebellion Podcast. Uh, I think today is the day where we start talking about some of the things that we just didn't anticipate as entrepreneurs. And there's probably like a hundred different versions of this outside on the internet already, but you know, I gotta give my two cents and based on my perspective. So yesterday I was scrolling through Instagram and I came across a post that was asking the question, what was something that nobody prepared you for when you became self-employed? And I was thinking about this, And I was looking at some of the comments, just going through, like, what was something that people weren't prepared for, where you kind of wish that you would have been told this before you started on the journey of entrepreneurship. And I think that that's something, like, it's a very valid question to ask, because... First of all, I want to underline this with the idea that I started my business like officially, officially registered as a business back in 2018, early 2018. I was just about to quit my job. And I think the universe had something like this or better in store for me because it was Friday. I was just about to quit my job. And then um, I was thinking to myself, okay, well, I'll hand in my notice the next Monday. I had like my res- like my resignation letter written But on that exact Friday, when I made the decision, I was pulled into a room and I was made redundant, which worked out great for me because obviously I got a redundancy package for three months, which was fantastic because (laughs) like I got paid to leave, right? Like that's, that was, and it was a significant sum too. So um, I was looking at this and I was thinking, okay, well, I definitely over romanticized being a business when I started because the reason that I wanted to quit my job jobs rather because I used to work in IT sales and like bear in mind I've never officially studied anything I've never gone to university I've got my certifications that I have right now but I've never had a link into a profession per se I kind of like it sounds very unappealing if I'm very honest but the only reason that I got into IT sales and into the sales world to begin with is because I was working as a waitress and I had really, really long hours. Like I've worked at Nando's and at bars and what have you. I had really, really long hours and 15 day shifts. And obviously like the hospitality industry meant that you would work when other people had their free time, which was mostly evenings and weekends. And then when I was approached by my brother's boss back in the day, he said like, hey, so uh, your English is really, really good. Um, And I was just like, "Mm, thanks, (laughs) right? Like timid little early 20 year old. And um, and he was just like, how would you like to work for us in sales? Um, Like in in an office. And I just thought to myself, I fucking made it. Like I I hit the jackpot, gone out of the 15 hour days. I'm going to be getting a salary, bitches. And it's going to be so great. Like no more weekend work. And it felt like I've hit the lottery, okay? And so that's how I essentially got into IT sales. But then fast forward, I absolutely hated being there. I've learned so much. I'm very grateful for the fact that the universe has kind of stirred me into this and that I was open to experiencing this because as tumultuous and directionless as I felt, it brought me to where I am right now, okay? And so anyway, so 
I completely over-romanticized the idea when I finally did consider going into business that being self-employed would be such a great thing because, oh my God, I could work with whoever I wanted to work. I didn't have to deal with like that client that was being a condescending asshole, right? Or, oh my God, I wouldn't have to listen to my boss drawn on about shit that's completely useless. Like meetings, what the hell are like meetings for? This could have been an email. That's honestly that that meme, this could have been an email. It was my life, right? Like there were meetings and meetings and meetings. And what bothered me the most is that every time I hit my goals that the company has set for me, the reward I got was more work. It wasn't more money. It wasn't more time off. It wasn't more freedom. No, whenever I accomplished what it is that the company has set out to do for me, I was rewarded with more work. So there was actually zero incentive for me to be a good employee, right? And I always joke when I speak on podcasts or when I talk to people about my time um, on like how I became an entrepreneur, I always say like, I'm really not a good employee. I don't like, I don't do well with being told what to do. And I think that that's partially true. No. Tell a lie. That is true. I don't like being told what to do. I don't even like to do what I tell myself to do, right? If you've ever heard of Gretchen Rubens, The Four Tendencies, I am the rebel. Um, take it. Honestly, it's it's a free test. It's like a little personality test, but it sort of gives you a little bit of insight into who you are and how you operate. And there are four different ones. Um, I forgot which ones they are. I think they're called the obliger the questioner, the rebel, and then there's another one. I don't remember which one there's. So anyway, I'm the rebel and the rebel was basically doesn't like being like, doesn't like taking advice and directions from other people. Also doesn't like taking advice and directions from themselves. And I'm like, yep, that's me. <laughs> like, hi, this is where the Taylor Swift come comes in my leg. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. That kind of thing. So anyway, so fast forward, I think that there was an over romanticized, over romantic. What's the word? overly romanticize fuck it you overly romanticize what being in business was like and that was like 2018 and even a little bit before that was the time when it was very in for like the coaching industry to really really boom and that was when the marketing messages very often like I actually preferred the marketing messages way back then because it was very it was still achievable, but it was tangible. Not that things aren't achievable now, but I think everyone's kind of just like having a bit of a pissing contest in marketing world. Like back then it was like, oh, my God, achieve your first 10K in 90 days. And do you know what? Easy. Done. Right. So easy. 10K in three months and 90 days. Yes do it. But now the marketing messages post COVID, it's just like, this is what I mean. It's kind of like a pissing contest now. And I'm going off on a tangent for a moment. The pissing contest is literally just like, it's not enough anymore to make 10K in 90 days. No, 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 no. Then it became 10K months. Now it became seven figure months. And it's just like, oh my God, we're just now teaching people who are starting out, like I was back in the day, that there's so much pressure to achieve this money. Anyway, I digress. Basically, the idea was always like, oh my God, if I became self-employed, I can work with who I want to work with. I can, like, I wouldn't have to deal with this condescending asshole client that I'm dealing with right now. I wouldn't have to do call times anymore. Like I had call times and sales, um, not every sales position, but a lot of them, especially the bigger ones, they had um, something called KPIs, key performance indicators. Um, 
<laughs> I shudder just thinking about this term because it's a very corporate term. And um, one of the KPIs that a lot of the businesses that I worked for, like the big, big vendors that I worked for said was that I had to talk to, like my call talk time would have to be two hours a day and I would have to at least make 40 calls a day, right? Think about that. It didn't matter what the quality was. I just had to fulfill these criteria. So anyway, so I digress. So my idea was very much like, oh my God, I can work with who I want to work with. I can make as much money. I can have so much free time. And that's just kind of the stuff that people weren't talking about. So I'm going to go back to some of the comments that people were having on um, on this post, right? On what is something you wish someone had told you about entrepreneurship when you started? And so I read some of the comments and a lot of them are very similar, right? So there's one thing that says that there's rent due every single day, marketing, 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 success isn't always monetary value. It's also a peace of mind. It's okay to fire a client to protect your peace. You do not need to endure. None of which are bad advice, by the way, right? It's just they're very generic. Uh, Someone says, I wish someone would have told me that they were open to mentoring me, right? Support, because no matter how smart I am, I wish I had a real mentor. And I'm not talking about these $39 packages, IG coaches, for instance, that I still had to be working on time, is something another one says, right? A lot of people keep talking about, like, the boss gets paid last, marketing, marketing, marketing. Um, what's another thing that you still have to put in the work, make sure that you have contracts, that kind of thing, none of which are wrong. And so what I then considered was, are these really things that I wish someone would have told me when I came into entrepreneurship? And I actually thought to myself, no, I, I didn't need to necessarily be told that I need to market myself. I knew that I had to market myself because how else would someone know that I existed. I knew that I needed a mentor. That was actually one of the first things that I sought out. And it wasn't necessarily a personal mentor. It was B-School that I actually signed up for. Uh, Tell a lie, B-School wasn't, now that I think about it, B-School wasn't the first thing that I signed up for. It was actually Ash Ambergé's. Highly recommend that you follow her. Uh, She's got a blog called The Middle Finger Project. I love her. Um, it was actually Ash Ambergé's Boss Academy that I signed up because B-School wasn't available. The, the um, I missed the deadline. So anyway, so that's how I sought out mentors through courses because they were way more affordable than one-on-one coaching back in the days. And so I was like, okay, well, it's not marketing. It's not mentoring. I know how to sell and I know what not to do. Um, so I'm like, what was the thing that I really needed to sort of hear that I wish someone would have told me. And that's kind of what I would like to share with you today. So the first thing that I think is very easy to dismiss is loneliness, is an absolute killer. Um, And I'm going to be speaking about my own personal experience, but also because I'm coaching so many people on so many different walks of life with so many businesses, there's also some professional experience here. Loneliness, I think, is something that ties us all together. It is so easy to, for me in specific, but again, also for my clients, it is so easy for me to sit at my desk from 10 o'clock in the morning, um, because that's when I start my day. I start my day at 10 o'clock and then start taking client calls from like 10, 30, 11-ish. 
It is so easy to sit at my desk and be like, oh, I'm, I'm a bit hungry, but I'm just going to do like one more thing, right? Like it's lunchtime and I want to eat something or I need to take a break because I've just worked for like three or four hours straight. It is so easy for me to ignore my own personal needs and my health and well-being in favor of doing more work because oh i'm just going to reply to this one client oh my god let me just let me just get back to this one client or let me just get back to one of my students let me just start putting out this one post because i'm really inspired right now okay normally that's not an issue but you start doing that day to day and like you start seeing this really you start doing this day to day and you're like i forget to eat I forget to go outside. There have literally, in the very beginning, when I started my business, there have been days where I haven't seen the outside world, fresh air, for almost a week. And it didn't even occur to me because what I would do is I would sleep, I would eat breakfast, I would start my day because in the very beginning, I was so disciplined. I'm like, I, like I've left my job. I am not going to be the person who starts getting slack. So I literally, I kept my original working hours. I'm like, I'm going to start at 8 a.m. I'm going to finish at five o'clock and it's going like, I'm going to have my lunch. So like I tried to be disciplined, but holy hell, it was, it was torture. So then eventually I started thinking to myself, you know, okay, well, I'll do this. And then it's just so easy to sit at your desk and be like, just one more thing, just one more thing. It's just quick and quick tends to be half an hour, an hour, two hours. And then before you know it, it's dinner time. And then you're like, oh my God, well now it's too late to go out or now it's a bit too dark or now it's raining. There's, there's always something that's too something for you to then go and look after yourself, look after your health. Okay. The same thing that happened with my mental health is it is so easy for me to just sit by myself and be like, oh my God, I'll do my Qigong later. I'll do my meditation a little bit later. I'll do my journaling a little bit later, right? Because I didn't deem myself important enough, but I deemed my work and my clients more important than my mental health, my health and my well-being right? What occurred was obviously the deterioration of these things, but also that loneliness, right? And I want to really tap into the loneliness because the loneliness is a real killer. You see, what, what happened when I didn't have anyone to talk to, what happened when I only had myself to talk to was that whatever state of mind I was in, I was right, because if I only have myself to argue, I'm like, yeah, Adina, you really need to go and sit down. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh my God, Adina, you really need to go for a walk. Yeah, you're right. Like whatever state of mind I was in, I would be correct. And that's a really dangerous slope to go in because once you start doing that and you're so lonely to the point where your thoughts are your only companionship, that's when doubts start creeping in. That's when you don't feel confident. That's when you feel unseen, unrecognized. That's when your marketing suffers. That's when your sales suffer. That's also when your client work suffers. Um, you don't feel as motivated anymore. You don't feel as excited anymore. Um, and especially if you're a generator, um, you start to feel resentful. You don't know what's joyful anymore. Okay. And I think that that's such a big killer. It is so easy to dismiss hanging out with friends and peers as, yeah, but that doesn't move the needle forward. That doesn't help me achieve my goal. It absolutely fucking does. It is necessary for you 
to have a private life. And it is absolutely necessary for you to ensure that that time is an absolutely non-negotiable for you. Because again, you are going to deteriorate if you have no other comparison of what quote, you can't see the air quotes I'm making, of what normal looks like. And normal is not you hermiting in your cave, sitting in front of your PC 24-7 in the hope in the hopes that you make another sale. Because I'm going to lean really, really far out of the window here and going to assume that that is not why you've built your business. So very often in the beginning when I started my business, the comparison that I made when I worked with beginning entrepreneurs was very much like you left your business because you wanted to be free of the handcuffs. But the only thing you're doing when you do that is you exchange the steel ones with golden ones right? One cage with another, just one cage seems a little bit prettier. So it's very easy to cage yourself in and call it freedom. Right? So I think that that's something I wish someone would have, I wish someone would have told me this and I wish someone would have told me this repeatedly. Um, Because if I, if I look back on certain things and if I look back on some of the actions that I took, I think some of these stresses could have definitely been avoided if I had had different perspectives, if I had allowed myself to enjoy myself, if I had not taken my business so fucking seriously that I sacrificed my mental health and friendships for it. Okay. So loneliness is something, whoops, loneliness is something that I definitely, um, think I wish someone would have prepared me for, because again, the, it's overly romanticized that you work for yourself. But yeah, it, it is lonely because there aren't many people immediately that you know of that can empathize with how hard it actually is to run a business because you're doing everything and you have so many plates to juggle. And until you figure out what that looks like for you, that's like there's a whole journey across from that, right? So um, Another trap that I think that we fall into that I wish someone would have warned me about with entrepreneurship is, again, this working too long. And I think that goes that goes very much into the point that I talked about earlier. This working too long, right? It's so easy to be like, oh, yeah, well, this client um, is in America. So I'm in Europe. This client is in America. So I'm going to be meeting with them at 11 p.m. my time. Right. And I have a I have a client who um, bless her soul. She's she's such a sweetheart. So I have a client who um, I've literally discussed this with yesterday where we looked at her calendar and I'm like, you don't have any regular working hours. And that's like that's kind of the point that I'm trying to make, have regular working hours. And you'd be surprised how often people needed to be reminded, like how often I need to be reminded of regular working hours. doesn't matter how long you've been in business. Your working hours are always the thing that suffer the most. Um, and so what she would do is she would sacrifice her own time so that she can be of service to her clients. And so if that meant having a meeting in a sales call at 11 p.m. her time, she would take it because she's just like, well, the client asked if I had time available. So I said, yes, of course. And I'm like, but surely their 9 a.m. or something would have been possible as well. That's not an unreasonable time to ask someone like this has to be mutually beneficial. Like it's it's not just a one sided thing. Um, 
And I'd be lying if I said that I didn't at one point or another do that. So that's another thing that I wish someone would have prepared me for regular working hours. It's okay to make an exception every once in a while and be like, you know what? I really fancy working a little bit late. I have my spurts sometimes where at midnight I get super fucking expired. We're just going to roll with it. Inspired. At midnight, I get really inspired. And then I feel like I want to write something and I want to write a blog or I want to write a piece of content and then share it with people. That's okay. But if you start doing that because you feel obligated to do so, that's when it becomes a problem, right? So have regular working hours and ask people to respect those, just like you respect their regular working hours. There's always, always a compromise that can be made in between, right? There's always a compromise that can be created so that it works for both parties. So that's another thing. Um, Another thing that I wish people would have prepared me for, and again, very much in line with, there's there's a point that isn't in line, by the way, the, the last point that I'm going to make, that isn't in line uh, with, with what it is that I said, but they're still relevant because I think these points are a deal in and unto themselves, is holiday time, um, or even just like little treats for yourself, is this whole idea that you can only ever start giving yourself a holiday or a luxury experience or some time off if you need a reason for it. There is, like, as if you have to earn it. It's like, oh my God, but I haven't made these sales, so I can't have a holiday yet. Oh, but I haven't done this. And I want, like, I wish someone had warned me of this beforehand because if you don't, if you're not in the right mindset in the beginning that you feel worthy and deserving, right? So a lot of the work that I'm doing with my clients to get them more sales and to scale in a way that's really sustainable is all about them feeling worthy to do so. It sounds counterintuitive, but it's not the strategy, right? The execution's the easy bit, literally is the easy bit. It's feeling like you are worthy of having, of executing it in a way that feels good to you. That's the thing that most people struggle with. Doesn't matter if you're starting out, doesn't matter if you're already like six, seven years in and you've already made your second million, really doesn't fucking matter. Everyone has the same problems. And so feeling like you need to earn rest, feeling like you need to earn time off is a big, big thing. And I wish someone had prepared me for this because again, it's something that I didn't do or rather the exact thing is something that I did do. I felt that I needed to earn rest, right? So I'm like, okay, well, when I have my first 10K, uh, then I'll have like a mini holiday. When I close this sale, then I will allow myself to take the afternoon off. When, like, there were so many conditions attached to it. And again, I want to remind you that obviously most of the time we start our businesses to create a certain amount of freedom. Because there's no one above you when you're self-employed that says, hey, you know what, Adina, you should you should take off for the day. You know what, you don't look so good. You look a little bit pale. You should go and take some rest. There's no one above you that lets you off the hook. And I think teaching yourself that you are good enough, worthy and deserve to let yourself off the hook, provided that obviously everything else still works, but it shouldn't be the prerequisite. Like your health should never be tied to the fact, to a result. Your health should never be tied to a result. Oh, I will get healthy. I will get sleep when I made the sale. No, 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 no. That's not, you have to do your, your health is the thing that always comes first, 
right? Client meetings can be rescheduled. Um, things can be postponed. Launches can be postponed. You can change your fucking mind. It is okay. And I, again, that's something that I wish people had told me. Just like, for instance, the fact I wish people had warned me that the idea of, oh my God, I can work with anyone is also one of the scariest things because the moment you are actually presented with the idea that you can work with anyone and if you haven't worked on your self-worth, oh my God, you will work with anyone. <laughs> um, but again, that's 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 just self-worth work. And I think one of the last things, and there's so many things I wish people had warned me about, but one of the last things I think that I wish someone had told me about is hiring out help right? So hiring assistants, hiring coaches, hiring copywriters, hiring web designers, but then still doing the work for them, feeling like you have to indulge their egos, feeling like you have to, feeling like, oh my God, you can't be a burden to them. Um, That's something that I, like that really, really is, I don't think I'm the only one who struggles with this, if I'm very honest. Um, it's something that I coach a lot of my clients on, but it's something that I certainly struggle with as well, right? Because your business is your baby. Like you started it from the ground up and no one treats your baby as well as you do. Let's be honest, okay? So I think I think it's so easy for us to be like, oh my God, it would be so great to hire out help, but then micromanage. But then the moment we're presented with the idea of, why are you micromanaging? Like we get defensive and we're like, no, I'm not micromanaging. I'm simply being supportive. I'm like, sure you are. (laughs) Sure you are. And again, I'm looking at a big fat mirror here when I look at these things, because again, no one knows my business as well as I do. I am my best source of information. I am your best source of information for my business. So I think it's very easy to well, lose money, first and foremost, right, to hire out help. And I also think that the process of hiring out, especially your first few hires, they're always, I don't, I haven't known anyone who hired out something for the very first time who's really fucking nailed it, because that's a skill in and of itself, that hiring someone oh my God, do you have to know what it is exactly that you want them to do? And that's something not many people actually do. And then also, how much are you going to pay them? How are you going to communicate them? What are the boundaries under which the communication takes place, right? Especially for my fellow people pleasers out there. This is is something that's really, really hard because it's so easy for us. So I'm a human design fifth line. It's so easy for me to then slip into I'm paying you to do something, but also let me solve your problem. And then it's just like, I've just created double the amount of work and I'm losing money because I'm not letting you do the work that I've hired you to do. Um, When I coach on this and also when I'm being coached on this, I always have to remind myself because that seems to be the only thing that works for me in particular. I have to remind myself that it's incredibly disrespectful to do that to people because they're experts in their field and I am not. And who the fuck am I to hire someone who knows exactly what it is that they're doing and then tell them how to do it? right? That seems to be the only thing that seems to work because again, that part of the people pleaser in me, that intrinsic part is just like, ouch, I don't want to offend anyone. Um, Obviously, I don't do it as much anymore, but I'm trying to sort of also poke a little bit of fun here that if I need to give myself a stern talking to, that's kind of how I do it when 
I'm in a mindset of, oh, but I'm not micromanaging, I'm supporting, then I need to look at myself and be like, oh my God, Idina, like, cut it out. (laughs) So anyway, so I thought that that would be a really, really cool conversation to have today of like things that are sort of killing the joy and to be honest, I actually think that that's another, like, another little bonus point. Bonus points. Um, I think that that's another little bonus point that I wanted to make here is when I think about it is joy and excitement. Um, the internet, I think, has us wrapped around its little, its little data finger, letting us believe that we constantly have to be in love with what it is that we're doing. And to be honest most of the time we probably should love what it is that we're doing. But I sort of look at it on like a percentage. If 70% of the time you enjoy what it is that you're doing and then the other 30% of the time you feel like, oh my God, I don't want to do it or oh my God, I'm frustrated with it today. That is okay if you're overwhelmed. Because if you think about it, if you did, like if you were employed to do your hobby each and every day, no matter how much you like pottery, no matter how much you like painting, no matter how much you like music, if you had to do it, if you are forced to do it each and every day, at some point you'd be like, I don't want to do it, right? So I think we have to get over this notion that it always has to be a honeymoon phase. We have to get over this notion that things always have to be in alignment. Like alignment is a word that I use a lot as well, but in a different context. I don't use alignment as an excuse. I like using alignment as if you didn't, like, if you had to do this and you look, like, if you had to stop this right now and five years from now, would you regret having done it? No? Okay, great. Then it is aligned right now. Doesn't mean that right now it doesn't suck. Doesn't mean right now the position you've put yourself in sucks. Doesn't mean right now maybe you're a little bit fed up and you just need a holiday, right? Uh, So I think joy is another thing that often gets brushed under the table where Again, time with friends and time out and just doing something other than just work gets put behind because it is deemed less important. And I think, again, we have to remember that we're not doing this to enslave ourselves to another thing when we sought freedom to begin with. And I think that that's one of the hardest lessons to learn because it really goes into this intrinsic idea of, but do I deserve this for myself? Am I worthy of creating this for myself? It sounds very deep, but that's like literally the work that I'm doing. And the moment you start to unravel that, which is what I do a lot of the time in belief sessions, right? So when someone, uh, to give you an example, Most of the time people then come to me because they're just like, okay, well, I want to scale my business, but I've kind of hit a ceiling. I'm keeping myself small. Don't really know what it is that I'm doing. Um, And the expectation is always Adina is going to give me a strategy and she's going to give me some exercises and just like tidy up my business and my processes. You're not entirely wrong if that is what you were to think, but what most of the time what happens is, and, and I know this, but that's not something that I can necessarily start talking about until someone is ready for change. Not because I'm lying to them, but because that's what they understand. So I need to talk them through the process of how it goes. So most of the time my, my sales calls really do tend up and just like, okay, well, going quite deep into the subject matter. And then what it turns out is very often is that the execution of the strategy and the processes is actually not only correct, it might need a little bit of tweaking, um, but it's very often in excess. So 
the reason that they're not scaling and the reason that they're not growing and the reason that they're keeping themselves small is very often down to the fact that they don't consider themselves deserving what if they're being judged what if it's going to fail what if they're not good enough for this right so when we talk of price increases when we do all of these things and so that's kind of when I have to look at someone subconscious and do the belief sessions with them alongside coaching and sometimes that's enough already for people to really see something because what it does it really unlocks this idea that yes it is safe for you to have fun it is safe for you to have regular working hours it is safe for you to say no to extra work it is safe for you to express yourself it is safe for you to take a day off for no reason whatsoever And that's really, really big work. That's not something that just changes in like an hour. This takes continuous work because the way our society is designed is really around the idea and the notion of we need you to feel insufficient and inadequate because if you were to feel empowered and good about yourself, you don't buy our shit, right? That's ultimately like, (laughs) I sound very blasé when I talk about it that way, but that's ultimately what capitalism is about. It's just like, you know, the L'Oreal, is it L'Oreal? Like, you're worthy because you're worth it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but the idea is really not out of any nefarious means, but a lot of traditional marketing was very much targeted around how can we show people that they're lacking? Um, It's literally how I have learned sales trainings and like very archaic corporate sales trainings. We've literally been taught in corporate sales trainings, no means yes. And we have to trigger pain points, right? We have to show them how they have a problem. Even if they, even if it's not a problem, there are ways to make people think that it is a problem. And that's usually what people consider the sleazy sales. I'm not a fan. I don't employ it myself. Um, but there are literally ways to make people think that they have a problem when it is not. And I, I think that's the most dis- honest and ugly way of sales possible Um, but that's that's what capitalism has done and that is that is how sales are going out it's just like well you could be better so you can have some botox you could be making seven figures if you buy this one course right you could be you could be so much better if only you bought this thing and oh god i'm honestly i'm just so sick of it it's it doesn't feel good because in my mind, if everyone is an empowered state, then we empower each other. We'd be so much more generous and the money wouldn't necessarily be the issue because the money would be free fucking flowing because we all knew I'm good enough and so are you, right? Um, But that's a utopia that I'm hoping to experience at one point or another. I'm trying to do sort of my work. Um, However, I just went off on a massive tangent But I still hope that this was valuable to you. And I hope that even just reflecting on these things maybe gives you or allows you for yourself to maybe seek out some friends on a regular basis. Like make it non-negotiable. Make time with your family and your kids non-negotiable and with your friends Make a regular ritual. I don't even want to say a habit. Make it a ritual because that word resonates with me so much more where, I don't know, every Monday evening you hang out with your best friend, whatever, right? 
Make it a ritual that you work in a coffee shop. Make it a ritual that once a month you go to a networking meeting, even if it is just to sit there and be with other people. Make it a ritual so that you don't work too long. Make it a ritual that even if you want to make a certain sale, your work hours are holy because there's no one above you who says, yeah, don't do that. Like, you don't have to work longer than that. Just like there's no one above you who says, you don't, like, you have to go and work longer. It's always a decision. It's a perspective. And I'm hoping that today's episode gave you some of that perspective. Thank you so much for listening to the Wealth Rebellion podcast. If you enjoyed the show and if you enjoyed the episode, please consider subscribing on your podcast platform of choice. And of course, Any of your five-star reviews are always appreciated. Thank you so much and see you in the next episode.